Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. The Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective was in front of Coburg Council earlier this week. Politicians were deciding what to do next. Staff recommended two alternatives reject it, or go forward with the proposal to put 12 units next to the Memorial Arena on Furnace Street. After politicians presented their positions, Deputy Mayor Nicole Beattie offered a third choice, declare the land surplus and offer it to Northumberland County for use as a site for an affordable housing project. The idea was unanimously approved. Meanwhile, the sleeping cabin proposal was accepted for informational purposes, meaning it has not been rejected. For the collective, the question remains, what is next? In today's interview, you will hear the group's reaction. Megan Sheffield, a spokesperson for the collective, will talk about the group's response to the various positions of politicians and opponents. Plus, she will say where the project goes from here. I'm so pleased to have with me today Megan Sheffield, an activist and... The Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective spokesperson, welcome to Consider Hi, This. Hi, thanks, thanks so much for having me. The Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective did not get approval to go forward with its plans on Monday night. Now, however, there was an alternative motion to declare the lands on Furnace Street surplus, opening the door to the county to propose a project for that affordable housing site. Without getting too specific at this point, and I, I want to go into it as deeply as we can, what was your overall reaction to council's decision Monday night? Yeah, I think I think this is obviously comes as a disappointment to um, the Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective, particularly coming as it does kind of partway through into a development process that that we were undertaking in good faith, and um, you know this this. Um, this decision at council what kind of came um, earlier in the process than, than um, we had expected. There are a number of points along the way in the development process that um, council would have, you know, even if, if this stage had been approved in order for staff to create a draft license agreement, there are a number of steps down the road when council would um, have that opportunity to say yes or no, yes or no to the actual project going ahead. So um, yeah, certainly it, it was a disappointment also that there wasn't more willingness on, on the part of council to um, collaborate or negotiate on this idea of an urgent response. Um, yeah, I would say it's disappointing that the status quo um, of, of, you know, folks living unsheltered is is more tolerable than even just a modest improvement for 12 people. 
I, I just want to say we are certainly very glad and, and grateful to the deputy mayor and Councillor Burkett, who, who were both really creative about looking for what the municipality can do to find solutions um, for what is obviously a housing crisis being faced. And, and their, their, um, yeah, their knowledge of the, the town of Coburg's role. Um, and, and so the, the end result, you know, we are very glad that perhaps the momentum, you know, that, that Northumberland sleeping cabins brought and um, the swell, swell of community support that we saw may lead to additional real permanent long-term housing um, that, because that was the goal all along. That is, you know, that's, that, that was the goal and the sleeping cabins were indeed, uh, to use Councillor Darling's words, a band-aid. We, we fully admit that. And sometimes when people are bleeding, you use a band-aid. So what, what, what I can say at this point is that we certainly hope that the community will continue to communicate with council how urgent the need is for that affordable housing to happen quickly. Okay, so let's just go back because there's a lot in there and, and I, <laughs> I think I'd like to tease a little bit of it out. The, the first thing you said was that you seem surprised uh, at what stage you were at in the process and that this came before council. Can you elaborate upon that and, and maybe provide us with some insight? How did you interpret that um, uh, when when you learned of it? Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, maybe I'll give a little bit of um, context for this process. So um, in in August 2022, Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective began to began to form in December 2022. Um, we approached Coburg Town Council um, after, after, of course, meeting with elected officials and staff to um, propose usage of the memorial parking lot um, on the basis of its designation already by town staff as um, appropriate for emergency, transitional, and affordable housing. Um, and so um, we did receive that approval to move forward and that motion included um basically what we so we were told that that we were going to undergo a development process we would be treated like any other developer and so that included um a, a pre-consult a pre-development consultation meeting and that included beginning um staff town staff to begin to draft a license agreement with Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective that would basically that that piece would you know that would be the legal document that would describe the terms of use for that empty parking lot and so um through January 2022 uh, sorry 2023 earlier this winter that was going ahead we did indeed have the pre-development consultation meeting with many departments <clears throat> from the town, the health unit, um, uh, many departments of the county, and Ganaraska Regional Conservation Authority. So it sounds to me like the process was chugging along as any normal development process. But you said in your remarks that you felt it 
got derailed and this this meeting on monday was was out, out of sync with what you understood to be the development process so I, i'd like you to react to that specifically can you tell us right. how you felt about that when you learned that they were going to make a decision one way or the other at this time right so yeah so in um i would say in early february we heard from the clerk that he had noticed an irregularity with the motion as it was passed in december and and said that before staff could begin to draft a license agreement to use that space it had to return to council and just it was kind of it was framed as kind of a formality um and essentially that had already passed and so it shouldn't be any problem and um when when we returned to council on february 21st um as it turned out, there were there, there were members of council who had further questions and wanted to see um, more consultation than is usual in a development process. And that included um, uh, a, a list of, of people to meet with, um, uh, Coburg Police, Northumberland County, the health unit, um, all of whom we had previous meetings with. Um, as well as um, a piece about additional consultation with the public. And so we were given a, a, approximately a month to do that. Our report was due um, uh, on March 24th. So um, we um, did that, met, met all of those requirements. Oh, the other piece that was, was requested was um, a description of the governance model. And so, yeah, we've, we filed that report on March 24th, and then that brought us to April 3rd, which was um, this week's meeting and this week's vote um, in which we did not receive the support of council. And um, however, this amendment from the deputy mayor did pass. So um, I, I would say at both the February meeting and at, um, and at this April 3rd meeting, that it was noted that that Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective had, you know, had been following all the pro procedures and processes that are a part of that quite quite rigorous development process, and that um, that that what was being requested of us was happening sooner in the process than would be the case for other developers. How how did you get to the point where you thought it was sooner? Because I thought you were going back to sort of clarify some stuff. And um, where where did it flip over from clarifying and and you, you know you had your your goals to this has now been derailed and we're we're going to something sooner rather than when it was supposed to be? Can you help me understand that? To be honest, Robert, I'm not. I'm not sure that I can. Um, okay. I don't have a lot of clarity about what that irregularity was um, okay. with the motion that passed in December. Um, the town clerk is probably the one who best understands the, sure. the details of that. Right. Um, and then as to um, yeah, this shift that happened, all I can all I can say on that is, yeah, I don't know, to okay. be honest. I don't know. All right. A resident in the Furnace Street neighborhood gave a presentation to council as part of the meeting on Monday. She raised some key concerns for herself and her neighbors. Now, one of the things that was the fact that the, your group has not demonstrated the ability to provide structured care and support for people using the cabins. How do you respond to this? 
Well, our our um, group has has worked very diligently on particularly that piece because we think that um, that especially in a shared living situation, that the 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 way that people live, the way that people share space, um, is is going to be really key to quality of life in that in that community and in that that wider neighborhood. And so um, I think that 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 on our side, um, Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective has done um, a great deal of consultation with um, a number of uh, agencies, like supporting and helping agencies who um, do have a lot of expertise um, in this, and also has done um, a great deal of work in terms of um, consulting and community building with people who are interested in living in in sleeping cabins, and um, I'm I'm very proud of that work. I think that it. I think I would be um, interested to know, you know, which other um, nonprofit organizations in the community are meeting with ten people every week to consult about. Um, about their what their their lives are like, what their needs are, what they see as um, as you know um, what they see as really useful supports and um, resources for um, moving on to the next stage in their lives. And so, um, I think that when we hear these concerns um, that were expressed also um, by certain members of council. Um, that are where we're talking about people who may need to um, access transitional housing and what sort of people those are and whether or not they have um, the ability to live um, peacefully. What we're hearing in a case where we don't know actually people's, people's names, people's backgrounds, we don't know who will be living in, in this area. All we know is that they are currently unhoused. What comes through is actually a lot of stigma. We're making assumptions about what sort of people are currently unhoused. And so um, one, of, one of the things that Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective has brought to our work has been respect, dignity, and, um, and an attempt to undo the stigma that we're all taught. Um, about, you know, fears and um, assumptions about people who um, lose their housing. The woman also said uh, an enhanced police presence would be needed. You have said, and others in your group have said, that you have spoken with police. What is your understanding of the role of the police and is an enhanced presence needed? I would say that we often see an enhanced police presence anywhere that that people are living. I would say that Coburg has an enhanced police presence compared to Baltimore or Ontario or compared to um, Crammy, for example. My understanding from, from our collective's um, meetings with police is that they agreed that, that this um, planned project is something other than um, an encampment 
is something that would would have more support um and um and that that they believe um you know could be like any other um residential space there was also a concern about the lack of transparency by the collective not only by the woman but also on social media people feel like they've had to scramble to be heard People say they did not get pamphlets announcing the public consultation at the public library recently. Did you do enough consultation in this process? Um, I believe that we did. We um, we did hold that that open house. It was available um, for um, four hours um, on an evening um, at the Coburg Library. It was advertised through pamphlets that were delivered um, to um, all of all of the homes within um, sixty meters of the west side of the arena, as well as the entire block, um, Ontario Street, University Street, and Victoria Street, that are on the same block with um, the arena itself. Um, I personally delivered those, so <laughs> I know that that happened. Um, um, our Facebook page um, was another place that we were advertising um, that that public meeting. Um, it's also a place where we were sharing information um, over the past number of months about um, this project and, and the vision for it. Um, we have done numerous media events um, or sorry, media appearances um, and and. Um, the week before the um, consultation at the library, there was a full page article about that in Northumberland News. Our, our group, you know, made up as we are of, um, of volunteers, um, made every effort. And um, we were really happy with the results of the, of the online survey that we conducted. Um, that was something that we added um, later. We weren't given a list from council about how to go about public engagement. We were just told to do public engagement. So um, one of the things that we added later in that um, four week period was um, a survey, the results of which we were, we were able to add to the report. And we got something like 130 responses on that survey. And it showed that 30% um, of respondents were not in favor of having the sleeping cabins at that location, um, at the former Memorial Arena, 70% of respondents were in favor. Um, and so, you know, we felt like, we felt really happy with the, with the, the public consultation we got was not easy. It was not um, pleasant. In some cases we saw the same, you know, the same individuals, um, writing some pretty nasty stuff on every single one of our, you know, going back months, every single one of our social media posts, that kind of thing. Again, we're a group of volunteers. So yeah, I, I am proud of the work we did on that public consultation piece. You often talk about your group being a grassroots group. You pride yourselves on your ability to work with everyday people, people who are struggling, and you are hearing very clearly their concerns and acting on them. This was an opportunity for you to apply those same principles to the community and to to come back uh, with 
you know, a sense that everybody's been heard. And yet we're hearing all this thing about we're, we don't feel we're being heard. You, you say you've been rushed. You asked the town for for uh, for gui guidelines was one of your points. I mean, you guys should write the book on consultation because it's something that's very important to you and your organizations. Can you help us understand what's the difference between that work that you're doing and the public consultation process that you were going through for this project? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there is a difference. What I think, what I think I mean to say is that, um, some some people didn't want a response to homelessness happening on their own street, and our our community has gone through a lot of changes, and I believe that in order to to repair some of the challenges that we face, more change is going to be necessary. More housing will need to be built. Currently, there is only one emergency shelter in the county, county with a maximum stay of 90 days. We don't have transitional housing. The warming room is closing this week. <laughs> um, what we face is really tough and some people are not going to be happy with with the solution some people are going to feel that they unfairly are having more residences built on their residential street and so and so uh, so we did we heard that we heard that some people were very disappointed that other people would be coming to live on their street and there was a lot of fear and stigma being spread. And um, we heard that. And sometimes I think that public consultation means hearing hearing things. I, you know, we certainly heard a lot from the people who were interested in living and sleeping habits. We heard a lot from them, very difficult and upsetting things that we were not in a position to fix, but we heard that. And so, We've, we've, we certainly did hear from some of the residents of this neighborhood who feel quite um, quite passionate in, in their argument that this should not um, move forward. And there's, there's not a lot that we as, as, um, as citizens um, can necessarily do about that and and, I, I know that Habitat for Humanity experiences the same thing in every neighborhood that they build in. And, um, you know, this, this, this isn't new, unfortunately. And I think we do need to come up collectively with a vision for how people in our community can be housed in a way that can feel beneficial. One of the other pieces the neighbor who spoke at the council meeting shared was about um, concerns around property values. And I think when you've got neighbors opposing a homelessness response because they're concerned about how that might affect property values, what you're seeing in, in many cases is that in the face of a system that has made property and homes a financial asset for profit while wages have stagnated inflation increases and people are people are 
reliant on their property values continuing to increase in order to ensure that their own basic needs are met, you know, that they that they can expect, a, you know, a dignified level of care in their elder years or that they can continue to provide <clears throat> stability for their own children. You know, these are things that that I really empathize with and our group certainly really empathizes with. And I think that what you're seeing between this like precarious home ownership, you know, who are desperate for their property values to continue to increase and people who are living unsheltered are actually, um, are actually two points on a, a spectrum of experiences of the current state of housing in our community. Well, I appreciate your point, and uh, it, it's it's uh, an interesting one. I wonder, though, you know, does that provide comfort to people who are dependent on their home having increased value? That are dependent, uh, and that's the reality they're living with as as well. How do how do you you know I I know you're making a critique of the larger system and and the faults of it, but for those people that are that it's impacting directly. Um, that's little comfort. How do you respond to that? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is important at times to 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 zoom out like that and and remember um, that you know the systems that are at play, and rather than focusing on individual behavior. And on the other hand, I also feel that um, when when we as a community can come up with responses that. Um, that can that can help people who are in really quite desperate situations um that that actually has a, a benefit for the whole community and that that makes um you know that can bring property values up that can make for a more vibrant neighborhood that can make for more eyes on the street that can make for um yeah safer and more secure experience of what it means to to live in a in a small urban area and so um yeah certainly that you know there's numerous studies that have been done on affordable housing and how that contributes to a neighborhood and and lots of evidence that it actually um increases property values and i mean here in coburg when we're talking about um helping folks to access transitional housing we're talking about folks who are from here and who have lived you know, in this neighborhood, and indeed continue to live in this neighborhood and in this um, in this town, unhoused. We're not. We're not. You know, it's not a mysterious other type of person. And so, our neighborhood becomes safer and more vibrant when the people who are currently living here all are under a roof, rather than. Um, you know, living with a lot of inequity. The mayor made a public statement during the meeting about the project. He suggested that he supported the project at the start. However, he claimed that members of the collective were also involved in the overdose prevention site. He went on to say that this was an issue for him. I think he said something like, you judge people based on the company they keep. Based on this, he would not support the collective. How did you react when you heard this? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a really disappointing um, part of the meeting. Um, 
I would, uh, yeah, I would say that Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective is is a totally um, separate community initiative. It it um, is focused on um, transitional housing for people who are currently unsheltered, and um, in and we know that there are almost ninety people on the by name list in, in Northumberland County. You know, this is a really serious, urgent need um, that, that far exceeds what is currently available. And, um, unfortunately I feel like the mayor's comments were perhaps, perhaps meant to, um, to punish or politicize what is actually a conversation about, uh, a community response to homelessness and, and one in which it was acknowledged Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective has followed every procedure, every, um, you know, process um, required. And so um, there's there's nothing, you know, ad hoc or unsanctioned about Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective and the process we've been undergoing with the town of Coburg. Um, we did indeed um, meet with the mayor once in in the fall, and um, he had some great suggestions about, um, you know, uh, how to move forward with this project. Um, yeah, we're 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 disappointed that that he withdrew his support and and um, you know tied it in with this other thing. Um, the mayor he he ran on a platform um, of innovation, progress, and he promised that he didn't have all the answers, but he was willing to learn from those who did have um, have more experience. And um, yeah, I think I think what we saw on um, Monday night's meeting was was like a recommitment to the status quo. During the meeting, it often sounded like a chicken and egg situation. The county would not work with you because there was no specific land for the project. The municipality and the politicians kept pointing you to the county. What's your group's thinking on the relationship between the two levels of government in this case? Yeah, I would say one thing that's important to know is um, is that is that our group had not at, um, at this point requested any funding from any level of government. So... I think that's important to note because sometimes these these um, conversations uh, are about um, whose role it, it it is, and and that's like referring to who who has the holds the funding for that. And um, so, Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective, uh, the the budget and the fundraising so far was entirely focused, community focused, and um, so. Our understanding, to the best of our ability, is is that um, the town's role is to govern, um, you know, the town's land and the use of that land and what happens on that land. And the town of Coburg does not run or operate or fund social services, including housing. We're very clear on that, and so that's um, in part why this this citizen led initiative because. Um, the town of Coburg, for example, um, you know, has a certain population of, of citizens who are currently unhoused. There is a need. The town of Coburg can't meet that. Um, and the, our, our understanding from meeting with Northumberland County staff 
is that the Northumberland County does not have available land, um, does not, you know, they, they, it was sort of expressed that they have projects like they would like to build, they would like to add more affordable housing and they don't have the land to meet their own goals, let alone to be, um, you know, sharing with other organizations who provide housing. Before council made its final decision, a group of supporters of the collective walked out. A young woman was captured on video telling a resident in a Furnace Street neighborhood who made a presentation to council against the proposal. She said, shame on you. Your organization asks the community to respect and treat people with addiction with dignity and as human beings. How do you react to the young woman's behavior and the treatment of an opponent? Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen that video, but, um, certainly I have, I certainly I've seen enough, um, online and, and, at, you know, in person to know that, that, um, this, this conversation brings up a lot of emotions, um, on, you know, on every side and, and it's difficult in the in the context of um, a town council meeting, um, where you know the conversation is happening happening at a level of logic and rationality and the intellect, um, and a lot I think is being pressed down because the fact is that the, these um, conversations we're talking about real people who are outside, we're talking about real people who have fears for their children, not, you know, in their neighborhood. Um, there's a lot of feelings, there's grief, there's fear, there's anger, there's, you know, feelings of powerlessness on all sides. Um, I would, Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective, you know, has operated um, at the level required um, by the town of Coburg and, and by the rules of the council chamber and um you know we have made our our delegations we have respected our time limits that kind of thing and um yeah it's it's important of course um to show respect to to all people and and, and you know including those you disagree with and um yeah our deep desire is is to see you know conversations like you know across um, the community and and for for respect and dignity and um, empathy you know for all of those and 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 particularly those who are most marginalized um, that's been you know our deep desire is for change that humanizes those who are unhoused um, yeah I think that's where I would leave that the Ontario government announced earlier this week a $202 million pot of money for homelessness prevention and to support community organizations. Is that good news for your efforts? I mean, I hope so. I, I feel like um, um, any, I feel like any movement at this point is good news. I um, I'm interested to see how that is allocated. There is um, there is so something known as um, like a designation um, 
that I believe is at the federal level where certain communities are designated as um, experiencing, um, you know, a great challenge with homelessness and, and receives a certain level of funding because of that. And the last time that Northumberland County applied for that designated status, um, it was not approved. So, um, yeah, I don't know, you know, exactly the details of this or, or whether it will be reaching like more, you know, smaller and rural communities. What's next? Well, um, uh, to be honest, Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective hasn't had a chance to um, get together since since that meeting. So um, we we don't have a really clear picture of what's next. We have been um, in conversation and, and working alongside the town of Port Hope um, to talk about a sleeping cabin um, uh, village there. And um, the, in Port Hope, there's like some, they are not um, at, at the same point in terms of having um, designated municipal lands, the way that the town of Coburg um, had done as part of the community improvement plan and and that was um voted upon last october so port hope doesn't have that that same list ready to go um the other thing in port hope is that there is um a floodplain um that has arisen so some members of the community have su suggested the ruth clark property for example and that is actually on the floodplain so um so yeah, I mean, it would be great um, to be able to move forward with a project, taking all the momentum and everything we've learned from um, the development process in Coburg. Um, but we don't, you know, we don't have that um, that clarity or those next steps yet. Is the project dead in Coburg? Yes or no? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Megan Sheffield. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Yeah, thanks very much for your time, Robert. I really appreciate it. That was Megan Sheffield, activist and spokesperson for the Northumberland Sleeping Cabin Collective. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.